0: Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome, welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter. And today, I get to bring you a conversation with Amber Rochelle, who is a creator, an artist, and a black female entrepreneur. And we're going to find out uh, exactly what she's selling, something I absolutely love and what she is creating. So welcome, Amber. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I am so excited. (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) I found you through a friend and You are, I would say, an Instagram success story, it seems right now. Do you feel that way?
0: Uh, Yes, I do, because of the way that uh, the business has taken off, and it's a big part of that has been Instagram, for sure. (laughs) So
1: So, we'll tell everybody that you have created, I guess you call it tie-dye capsules, right?
0: Yes. So I called it a capsule collection because it was rather small. I don't have that many items in it. And uh, yeah, I just made it. And it, it, at first I was just kind of like, okay, I started this business. It's cool that, you know, cause my friends wanted a couple pieces. They're like, are you selling it? And I was just kind of like, sure, why not? And I just thought, you know, order here and there, you know, does it hurt anybody? And then at the beginning of the June, it just
1: just. So when did you when did you start doing your tie dye?
0: I started in mid May. That's when the brand officially started. Oh my gosh, that's really recent. I didn't realize it was that recent. And you, yeah, did you start selling it on Etsy? Um, at first, it was just purely my Shopify main site, and then uh, after talking with uh, some of my kind of uh, mentors. They thought that I should diversify, and so then I thought about Etsy, and I do sell on Etsy, and then um, also I have a square if some random person sees me and wants to buy something, but <laughs> but that's about it.
1: So what do you think? I mean, I was around for the first wave of tie-dye in the 1960s. I was young. Okay, let's say I was young, but a lot of our listeners were around then too, right. and What do you think is the reason? Do you have like an idea why tie dye has become so popular during this pandemic?
0: Um, It was already kind of trending as far as some of the uh, more contemporary, not necessarily luxury designers, but kind of contemporary mid tier designers. You were starting to see tie dye kind of creep in a little bit in their, you know, kind of cruise collections as it were. And then with the whole pandemic and everybody being at home, it was kind of like, okay, I have baked enough banana bread. I've organized my house top to bottom. I've cleaned everything. What do I do now? And I, I was one of the millennials that kind of downloaded TikTok when I first got stuck in the house. And that's what gave me the idea because I kept seeing all these, you know, Uh, Gen Zers, like making all these tie dye pieces, but they were using bleach, but still they were tie dyeing things. And I was so bored. Like I was at peak boredom that I actually went, maybe I'll make something. And, (laughs) And I, you know, was like, am I really that bored that I'm thinking about making a tie dye sweatsuit? And it was like, yeah, we are. So also I wanted to, I wanted white, a white suit with gray dye. And nobody made one, at least that I could find. And the ones that I did find, they were exorbitantly overpriced. So I figured, okay, maybe I can find a, you know, a white sweatshirt and white sweatpants. And then I saw that the bottle of dye was only like $5. And so I found, I bought charcoal gray dye. I blogged it or I vlogged it on my YouTube. And I spent about maybe $40 total on the clothes and the dye and all that stuff. And I went in my yard and I did it. And my first set was a far cry from what I have now. But at the same time, I made a suit, and I was pretty proud of it. And um, I, I posted it on my Instagram because I wanted people to go watch my vlog of me making the suit. And all my friends at that point were like, yeah, girl, it's good. Like, are you selling it? And I was like, hmm no, this was just kind of one that I just made for myself because I was bored. And they, so many people were asking me if I was going to sell it that I kind of went like, are we? And then I kind of offhandedly mentioned it to my dad a couple days later when I was spending time with him. And he was just like, yeah, why not? You should just, you should just do it. And him and a few of his other friends were there, too. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can add, you know, he, they gave me the idea to do the leggings the, uh, the scrubs. Cause at first I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm doing sweatsuits. Like, okay. But then they were like, oh, you should do scrubs. You should do leggings, you know, like that kind of thing. And then as I was making my samples, then that's when the idea for the biker shorts came. Cause I love an oversized sweatshirt and a biker short and that nineties aesthetic that princess Diana kind of trademarked is really on trend. And then also, um, the oversized tee. Cause I really felt like we needed a top that wasn't a sweatshirt. So I kind of rounded out the collection. And then I sat down and started thinking about colors. And I knew that I still wanted to stay true to tie-dye and have the bright colors that everybody's used to. You know, I wanted orange, I wanted pink, I wanted purple, things like that. But then I was kind of like, well, I'm not really a color person like I don't really wear that much color like pops of color here and there I do but I'm generally a neutral person so I felt like maybe if I added some neutral colors it would be more me besides the gray that I had made and so then um I had already added green to the collection and the Kelly green was quite bright so I was like what about like a a forest green or like a hunter green, something that's a little bit more like of a neutral green. So then I started playing around with mixing formulas and I came up with the olive green. And then the last color that got added, which also happens to be my most popular by a mile was the taupe. And it just so happened that I found the taupe, actually the dye itself is really difficult to find in store. And I just happened to find a bottle one day when I was out. And I was just like, you know what? I just want to try the taupe. Like I just like I have the tan, but I just really want to see what the taupe looks like. And it blew my mind how good it looked. And so the taupe was kind of the last color that got added, but it's my most popular color. So- oh my gosh. I, I have to
1: tell everyone that I went to your site because I've just I could not it took me like days to figure out what I wanted to buy. I really <laughs> had a hard time. I mean right. I I was like, do I go with the taupe that's nice, neutral? Do I go with the green is one of my favorite colors, but purple's really, and pink, I ha- your colors and the way it's laid out, it's you have it, it's so enticing. It made me want every single one of those colors. I can't wait. I haven't arrived yet, but it's really beautiful.
0: Thank you. That's where my visual merchandising training came in, because since I simply since I do aesthetics for a living with J Crew, um, and they have very strict visual standards. We have a whole book that comes out every time we get new merchandise and precisely how everything is supposed to be folded and where is down to the letter. So having very strict guidelines like that really helped when it came to coming up with the visuals for my brand. And so when I was planning out like, oh, I'm going to do the hoodies like this and I'm going to do this uh, leggings like this. It was very easy for me to be like, "This is exactly how I wanted to look," and now I just need to execute it in a photograph. And we did. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful.
1: And I just want to mention to people who are listening is that you are a Bay Area. Are you a Bay Area native? I know you live here. Now. Yes,
0: I was. I was born and raised in San Francisco. Yes.
1: Yeah, we love that. There's so <laughs> few people. Yes, very few. Yeah, they're very few. But your 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 merchandising clearly is. Um, spot on and the colors. I just, I know I'm going to buy more. I know it. I just know it. You know, I'm going to get, because I do, I live in, what do I live in? Leggings, yoga clothes, because I love yoga and uh, every day. So I, uh, I, I know I'm going to want more of those. So let's talk a little bit first about your background. I mean, you know, people are always curious when people sort of take off in the fashion spectrum and the arena. Did you have a, do you have a background in fashion in terms of did you go to school for it or oh
0: actually I have no formal training in fashion uh I actually my two degrees my bachelor's and my master's degree are actually in economics (laughs) believe it or not (laughs) um I uh have been working pretty much in corporate finance I did uh Pricing data analytics for very large electric utility companies. Right out of graduate school, and that's primarily where my professional experience was. I did that for about almost seven years, and then uh, when I was in New York, I had had a job there, and I got that same feeling of it's not the location, it's not the it's not the job, it's your board feeling so I thought at first it was my job that I was bored with but really it was just like yeah like I just don't like doing this anymore and there wasn't enough money that they could pay me to keep doing it and that's when I decided to move back to California I literally had no job moved back in with my mom just (laughs) you know typical story and it was just kind of like let's start fresh and I knew I always wanted to pursue fashion because the blog was the only thing that was making me happy. Well, I don't think, and- we did. did
1: we talk about the blog that you used to do a, a fashion, or, well, I say used to, cause I know you're so busy now. I know you did a blog, but I don't know if everybody else did. Yes. And it's so good. I mean, I yes. love your style. It's amazing. You put together lower priced items and higher priced items, which is something I'm a huge fan of. When did right. you start this blog before you or-
0: I actually started the blog in May of 2015. It was when I was in between jobs. I quit my corporate job in the uh, Central Valley, and I was kind of think I was thinking I was a hot shot at the time. So I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah, I can quit that job and get another one easy." No, <laughs> um, so so I pretty much didn't work for about six months. I had savings, but I was too. I wasn't getting callbacks to get senior positions even though I had the right amount of experience and then all of the kind of entry-level positions they were like you're way too overqualified so I just couldn't find work even if it was dangling in front of me on a stick and I had always been talking about I should start a fashion blog I should start a fashion blog and then finally I just went you know what I'm doing it and I bought the domain I had a, a graphic designer design my uh Uh, site after I bought the domain. And he was the, uh, the graphic designer I hired is the one that actually created the logo that I have and the color scheme that I have. I didn't even actually pick that out. I just said, I really just want a neutral minimalist look. And he designed it. He just ran with it. So I have him to thank for my uh, Cobra Diaries logo. And the name came from, um, I had a group of friends um, they used to call me Cocoa Butter because apparently my skin is always like really smooth, even though I don't actually use it. And so that was kind of an inside joke. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, I could use that. And then I kind of started thinking deeper, like, okay, what do I want the blog to be? And it was more like, okay, I I kind of see it as being like a personal style journal of. Like my chronicling my style. So then I was like, okay, I can't call it Cocoa Butter Journal. And then I kind of started just playing with words. And then I came up with Cocoa Butter Diaries. And then, like all things these days, you go and check to make sure that the Instagram handle isn't taken. And then that's when you go, okay, that's what the name is going to be. And then you just kind of go from there. And then once the site was built, it was kind of like, okay, we got the site now. There's no excuse. Let's start creating some content. And now, was it, was it successful, your blog? Um, at first, it wasn't because I, wasn't, I was writing very sporadically. This was around the time that Instagram was just starting to become like a thing. Like at first, it was just more like people just had it for fun. But then it was like right at that like peak where Instagram was really starting to become the influencer like platform that it is now. And so at first I was just kind of like, oh yeah, I'll create content when I feel like it and I'll write about whatever I want. And I really wasn't taking my blog plus Instagram game seriously. (laughs) And it wasn't until I moved to New York, which was about um, September of 2015, it wasn't until that point where I actually started working with a professional photographer and really doing the street style photography and seeing how incredible my photos could turn out on you know the streets of new york that that's when i was really like wow like if we really take this seriously like it could be something and that whole year of 2016 because again i was miserable with my job i just started creating content like mad because it was the only thing that was really making me happy and then i started taking my instagram more seriously and i started getting featured more and then the the instagram just started to take off i went from uh like 300 followers at the beginning of 2016 to like 5,000 by the end of the year. Like it just took off. And then from there, it's just, you know, year after year, I just try to grow and be better. And then as things kind of moved along and as I decided to move back to California, of course, I wanted to keep it. And, you know, I just kind of had to adjust around my new, you know, career as far as when to shoot and things like that. And then in 20 uh the late 2017 early 2018 then that's when my sister my younger sister expressed interest in photography and she asked to kind of when I was just doing my random like I have a cute outfit on can you take my picture type thing Mm -hmm. like she started taking my photographs and then she was like I really actually like photography and so then she became my photographer at that point so my sister is my photographer oh wow she does a great job yeah so it's just me it's me her and my iphone (laughs) (laughs) and
1: you started doing you were doing the blog and then did you you have another day job now
0: besides all your other things right right so when I was doing the blog was always something I just did on the side I was always working full-time while I had it, whether it was my corporate finance career or even when I moved back to California and I started working in retail, the blog was always something I just did on the side. So on my days off or you know any chance that I got to create content, like sometimes I would write my blog posts on the ferry during my commute after I took all the photos and edited them and things like that. So it was kind of more like, in between my responsibilities of my day job, like on my lunch breaks, on my 15s, on the way to work, on the way home from work, that was blog time. So I, I balanced both. Were you able to actually like, make a living from doing the
1: blog? Did you get to, not make a living, but you know, get an income from that?
0: I, I will say that it was kind of more in, like, starting in like 2018, that that's really when brands started approaching me more for like paid campaigns versus just like gifting campaigns but then at the same time I'm also very like particular about which brands I choose to work with like I really only want to work with brands that really fit my not to say aesthetic but just resonate more with me because I've kind of built that trust with my followers that if I post something then either a I spent my own money on it and I love it or B, I believe in this brand enough where I'm willing to post about it and talk about it. Okay. So I choose my collaborations very carefully, even though a lot of them do offer to pay me. I still A lot of them I still do turn down.
1: You know, I appreciate that, and I'm. Sh- I think many people do appreciate that. I don't like it when I look at someone's either Instagram or and they're promoting something that nine thousand other people are promoting. You know, they're not using it. So I really appreciate that that you are right. true to yourself and your own authentic aesthetic, as it were. But let's go back to tie dye for a minute and sure. how it exploded with um, the sadly unfortunate social injustice you know, that has come up has been good for your uh, business, which is how I found you, because I thought there's not a lot of things that this, uh, you know, little white, silver haired person (laughs) can do. I mean, I didn't want to go and stand at protests, because that just didn't feel safe to me, you know, in terms of COVID. But I have sadly and happily found many Black-owned businesses online I've been able to support by shopping. But did you find that that's when things really, um, did they escalate for
0: you? Yes. A lot of that had to do with um, the widespread, you know, desire for a lot of uh, influencers on both Instagram and YouTube to kind of make more of an effort to support Uh, black-owned businesses. So a lot of the growth that I saw primarily took off because a lot of influencers started sharing my brand. But on top of that, a lot of uh, influencers with pretty decent followings, also when they were sharing my business, they actually did buy from my business and then either put it on their Instagram feed and tagged my brand Or if they did a YouTube video, they tried on my clothes and talked about how they loved the fit, the quality, you know, how good the dye was, things like that. And then they also happened to mention that I was a black-owned business. So a lot of the growth kind of stemmed from social media and people just simply, oh, I found you through this because this person posted it on their Instagram story. Or I saw you on this person's Instagram or this person had you in your um, in their YouTube video for all the black owned businesses that they bought. And so a lot of that traffic kind of generated into like my store literally exploding overnight. Like I, that first um, June 1st
1: or, Oh, well, June, it was it June. Yeah. It was June yes. 10th or 9th or whatever. So it's really just been like six, eight weeks, maybe that right. things have
0: been amazing. Right. For you. Yeah. Cause the first two weeks it was more just like, you know, people who had, you know, cause I was cross promoting my brand on my blog. So it was mostly, you know, of course, loyal followers of my blog. They were like, okay, girl, yeah, we go buy something, you know, and my friends and things. So it was just kind of like, you know, a couple orders here, a couple orders there, you know, nothing too crazy. And then once the influencers who really, for lack of a better way of saying it, had a good influence started reposting my brand Then that's when it became like, oh, I got to buy something. And then those people who found it through another influencer were posting it. And then whoever follows them were like, oh, yeah, I want to take a look at her stuff, too. And then they started buying it, too. So, But I think the best uh, marketing that I've had, it's definitely about three people that I can name off the top of my head who have relatively large influences who really did a bang-up job of really promoting the brand genuinely Um, it's, uh, Alyssa Lenore, uh, she posted it on her Instagram and then she bought a hoodie and then she not only put it on her Instagram feed, she wore it in one of her YouTube vlogs and then mentioned the brand by name. And then also has, you know, since then bought other pieces and shared it. And then, uh, Erica Fox of retro flame, uh, she posted it. She actually did a blog post on black owned businesses, put a link to my shop in it. And she's one of my top website referrals uh as far as bringing traffic to me and she's from ireland she's a native from ireland so even a lot of uh people from ireland who love her were ordering things because we ship worldwide and then the biggest shout out was uh sierra schultze uh she has a a very big youtube she has about a million subscribers on youtube and i had no idea who she was but she had placed an order where she had got, you know, a sweatshirt, a t-shirt and, some, uh, and two pieces for her dogs. But I had no idea who she was. So I just, you know, filled her order. And then next thing you know, somebody who I'm friends with from college, like, DM'd me and was like, you want to see Eric Schulte's uh, YouTube? And I was just kind of like, all right, cool. Like, yay. Like, kind of just more like, that's nice that she mentioned me. Like, thanks for letting me know. Because I was like, I don't know who that is. And then I went and actually, like, watched her video, and she full-on hyped up the brand. Like, she was like, I ordered these pieces. She tried them on. She talked about how much she loved the color, the quality. And when she bought her order, she bought a sweatshirt for herself. She bought a T-shirt for her husband, and then their two dogs. And they took the most adorable photos in the merch, (laughs) like, these family photos. And then it just... Like that, that she posted that video on July 3rd, that 4th of July weekend, I had like a hundred orders just over that weekend because it was from her YouTube. Wow.
1: Like. I mean, I, I think it's wonderful and I'm really looking forward to it, honestly. And I just, I'm like, I want all of my 800 followers to buy from you. <laughs> okay. So I'm hardly a million person,
0: uh, influencer. I did. I had no idea who she was when she, you know, bought the items or anything like that. Cause a lot of, a lot of the influencers, which I'm very grateful for, they didn't pull the, you know, like I'm an influencer, you know, like, can you rush my order? Like, they just ordered, just like everybody else. They paid just like everybody else. None of them asked for anything for free. They just, they believed in the products. And then also I think what was really helpful is that my brand is size inclusive because I go from small to uh, 3XL in a lot of my products. So a lot, it resonated a lot with the plus size girls who wanted to participate in the tie-dye trend but nobody had sizes for them. So when they saw that I offered up to 3X, they were like, oh yes, girl, you can take all my money.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) wonderful. But it's wonderful that you were. You know, I have to admit that my son and I went to Michael's and bought uh, dye because we were bored Well, (laughs) and we did it and they don't look anything like yours. Okay, just saying.
0: (laughs) It was a lot, honestly, it was a lot of trial and error because when I had to make the samples for the product shoot, because I, I modeled all of the clothes. And um, I also had to do all the visuals and things like that. So I had to make one of each piece in each color, I had to, you know, kind of perfect it. So I kind of I started doing my research. It's like, okay, these are the different ways that you can tie it, you know, and then of course, following the instruction on the bottle was crucial. And, you know, I was just sitting, I was just literally sitting on my stoop, in my front yard, just dyeing all the pieces and doing all the samples until I was ready to launch. And, you know, some turned, some pieces turned out great. Some of them I had to do a do over. It just, (laughs) it's just the nature, it's just the nature of the beast. Like the leggings were honestly the hardest because of the way that, because of the fabric composition and the way that they have to be made, the leggings really took a lot of trial and error because I kept not getting the result that I wanted, I wanted the color to be just as vibrant as the other clothes. And the first times I was doing it, it was like, it's still dull. It's still dull. And I had to keep experimenting with different brands of leggings and all yeah. kinds of stuff. So it, it really was a lot of trial and error on my part.
1: Oh, I get that. And so I was reading through your website and I'm looking at everything. And of course I wanted the hoodie and I'm like, oh, do I really, you know, is that what I want? And so then I looked at the leggings and I think it's a very reasonable price for workout nice. leggings but you had me at pockets. When you said <laughs> the leggings have pockets I'm like I can't go out anymore without leggings with pockets cuz I go out with my phone, my glasses and my car keys. And in right. in I was so grateful that they had pockets. I just I'm just saying. Also I want a cute little tank dress. Okay, that's that's what I would like. <laughs> you know? Um okay, so as we wrap up, I, I'm curious as to have you thought about the future and where you might take this? Do you have ideas? Do you want to expand into the fashion world beyond tie dye? I mean, do you think this is a trend that's going to go away or is it? I know nobody can really predict because goodness knows if there's one thing we've learned through COVID, we have no control. We don't know anything. Right. Right. But you must be thinking, you know, in terms of the
0: future. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about where you're going to take this? Well, for me, I had always wanted to have my own clothing line. And so did I think that tie dye would be the (laughs) catalyst that got me to finally start it? No, but you know, here we are. So I do want to continue to offer the tie dye as long as there's still demand for it, because people do seem to love my pieces. I'd love to keep the collection around for those who want it since it is made to order. It's not really that difficult to kind of keep it even in the background as future collections come out. But as far as the whole, you know, we're going to offer fall colors and like things like that, that's not something that I really saw kind of in the future. I just thought it would just be something fun for summer, just, you know, bright colors, really fun athleisure, really just easy and chill because, you know, we're all stuck in the house and things like that. But I never really thought about doing you know pumpkin spice or you know (laughs) or anything as far as like colors
1: so not
0: not knocking pumpkin spice like you know they're just saying more in general of colors but i just never really saw it past that i really just wanted to focus more on uh becoming more of an actual um, designer in the sense of rolling out a collection of clothes that's more um true to what I did dress like when I did leave the house and didn't live in sweatpants. That's just real easy, versatile, you know, lots of, you know, neutrals, lots of ways to mix and match your pieces, but then not going too crazy with it. But, you know, I, I can't say if, you know, I'm meant to just be the tie dye queen until the (laughs) end of time, but I'm willing to, you know, listen because I have my operation and it pretty much operates on mate, you know, being made to order. So if i make tie dye until 2030 okay but and then if i come out with other stuff too and you know it does great as well but then people will still remember as, me as being the tie dye queen i'll still carry tie dye but i, I also want to but i also want to expand to more contemporary ready to wear as well i think it's wonderful and i can't wait to follow
1: you and see where you go because your, your aesthetic right now with tie-dye is so unique and so beautiful. Thank and you. I love it. So everybody needs to go to uh, Shop Amber Rochelle. I mean, we'll put the link, but yes, it's, uh, and I'll spell it out and we'll put it there so that you can, I mean, because it's really just so beautiful. And Thank I'm really you. happy that you have exploded like this because, you know, you deserve it. It's fabulous stuff. Thank you very much. That's (laughs) wonderful. So thank you so much, Amber, for uh, joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And
0: I can't wait to see where you go, as I said. Thank you so much.